Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. My podcast guy keeps telling me to turn up my mic, and so I hope this is loud enough. I think he manually turns it up. Anyway, um, this is not a professional effort in the sense there's all these expert podcast guys around me. I'm kind of a rookie moderator, and I've got a pretty good podcast guy who posts these up, but it's not a for-profit professional organization, but where the professional part of it comes in is really the guests. Um, That's the sweet spot of this podcast is the guests that step forward and share their stories. And my friend on today's podcast is my friend, Jordan. Will you tell us your full name, Jordan, and just a little bit about your station in life? Yeah, of course. So my name is Jordan Jackson. I'm 23. I'm currently working at a fintech called Money Lion, um, and I also run um, a website called lgbtq.ut, which is a database for LGBTQ resources. Um, Jordan has been on episode 246. So if you want to hear his story, um, as a gay member of our community, it's a really good podcast, and you could scroll back to that one. Um, Jordan's become a good friend and somebody I deeply respect. He has, and this podcast is going to focus on just what he mentioned um, some people step in the space, and of course, Jordan's in this space by birth, so to speak, and then want to do things that improve the conversation. So Jordan's in his early 20s and has bravely, really self-funded um, this initiative he's going to talk about. So I'll just kind of turn it over to you, Jordan, to why don't you first tell people exactly where to find what you're doing, and then you can start with the backstory of how it all started. Yeah, so you can find my work. It's online. It's an online database. You can go to lgbtqut.com and you can sign in from a mobile device. That's the best way to view the content is via mobile. Um, And then it should prompt you to add it to your home screen as a web app. And basically what it is, is it's a database of LGBTQ resources. We cover various demographics, um, locations all across Utah, um, but it is very, it's just Utah specific. Um, and it kind of all started, I guess, just part of my coming out story. When I came out, there wasn't a whole lot of resources that were available. When I came out to my bishop, all my bishop knew was the Mormon and Gay website, and my parents had no idea where to really turn to. And so as I was getting involved and connected in the community, I just felt this need to have more accessibility for resources because really, if you don't know somebody who knows, you you, you either have to be looking online, which can take a lot of time and effort, and you have to find stuff that's close to you, and you have to find stuff that aligns with your values. And so there's a really complex and dynamic discovery process. And I think if we can add more accessibility to that and make it very intuitive for people to find resources, it would help benefit the community, you know, for the, for the better. So. You're in your early twenties. How long ago did you come out? Um, I came out, I think four years ago and so four this five is, years ago. So, yeah. And then how many years ago did you, it sounds like right then you recognized there was a need for what you're doing. How long until you just said, I'm going to actually address this need? I started making kind of mock-ups a couple of years ago, actually. Um, I'd send them to some friends or like my sister, and we I kind of was like, this is what I would love to do one day. Um, and it really didn't kick off until about January of last year, so January of 2020. 
And I was just like, okay, I really have to build this out. And at the time I was scheduled to speak in the summer to the Utah Hearth, um, which is a speaker series group um, that meets in holiday. And I was like, okay, my deadline is July or sorry. Yeah. It, you know, it's going to be launched by then and be ready to speak and COVID hits that never actually ended up happening. But, um, I ended up building this out and I actually launched in February. Um, so February of this year in 2021. And so it took about a year and a couple months to actually build it all out. But it was a really long, interesting process because first I had to go out and actually find all these resources. So I spent a lot of time on the internet, just Googling, trying to find local resources. A lot of them would link to other resources. So if you go like to Encircles page, they have like a community, you know, group of resources. Um, the Pride Center has a list, list of some, but a lot of them were like kind of fell short. There's a lot of sort of community groups that are out there or they, it just wasn't as in depth. And so that was the point of this building out this website is to have sort of a centralized resource guide that people could turn to. So I spent a lot of time researching and then I moved into design and the design phase was actually pretty difficult. I originally started with Wix, which is like an online website builder. And it was good for designing, but I ran into some trouble with trying to get the data connected to it and making it super easy to manage. So I ended up leaving Wix and I built out maybe a few pages of content there. And I moved it all over to another website builder called Webflow, which was supposed to have more, more data-driven tools to be able to help build this out. And so I switched over to Webflow and built out quite a bit in Webflow. Um, however, I couldn't get the design right. So the first part of Wix was the design was great. The feature set and the data integration, not so great. Second one, data integration, great, but the design had some issues. So I ended up abandoning that and then just rebuilt it again on a third platform. Um, I currently use Glide Apps and that's how it's built out, but it took several iterations um, and I'm still iterating on it right now. The design changes every so often with new features or um, just other little bits. I kind of have like tiers of features and that I'm that I roll out. So um, like tier four is like the just design based, like small little technical things. And then tier one would be something that would be, you know, like a big feature set. So I have a couple of different things built out and kind of uh, a roadmap of where I want it to go. So do you have people helping you? Or is this kind of a solo project, Jordan? This is so far a solo project. <laughs> I just recognize the, the courage of what you're doing. I don't know if you have academic training in design and working through these different web applic web hosting platforms to do what you're doing, but it it's pretty remarkable what you're doing and it's liven up. Yeah, it's been crazy. I am definitely a learner. Um, I love data and trying to problem solve and figure things out. I actually work as an analyst in my current position. So it was it's fun to just try to figure things out. And I've made some mistakes here and there. I had launched a personalized dashboard feature that rolled out um, a few months ago. And there was a bug in the web hosting platforms, um, their program. And I rolled it out. I advertised it on my Facebook. I did a sort of 
what is the word? <laughs> I did like a contest to win some books with it. And so I rolled out this feature. It actually, a lot of people shared it. And so it got a whole lot of um, attention. And this bug actually prevented people from utilizing the feature set as intended. And so it ended up just being a big mess and I scrapped it. <laughs> I love that <laughs> to you come tried back it. To it. Yeah. So I, you know, you learn, you always learn to iterate. And I think that's the fun part about it. And anything that you do is you're going to make a mistake and it's just kind of moving forward from that and being able to kind of pick yourself back up and, you know, try again. And so, yeah, I, I've kind of rehashed that into a new feature set. So I call it dashboard. It's now our new main page of our app, but it has events. It has updates as far as like resources. So there's a new resource that's been added. If there's like a book that's come out that's just launched, we add it in there. Um, resource news. So if people are like adding new events or if they've got, you know, registrations for certain things, conferences coming up, all that's housed on dashboard. And then um, the resources are still there. And then I have an info section as well. But um, yeah, just kind of reiterating and re-adding new things all the time and trying to figure out how best to present data and make it, you know, the best that it can be. So so listeners, I'm kind of multitasking with Jordan and I'm on his website, lgbtqut.com. And there is a dashboard section that Jordan was just talking about. Then I just clicked on this resource link and there is a lot of stuff here jordan um and i love your line here you are not alone help is available so i love all the resources i see you listing here um in one centralized place what do you feel are the most important resources talk to parents if a parent of an lgbtq child is um, looking for resources what are the kind of things they're looking for and how best to help them there's a lot of different resources for parents. Um, it depends on kind of where you're at. I know Mama Dragons is a great one um, to go to for moms. Um, they have a couple of Facebook groups and things that you can get involved in. Um, Northstar has some. If you're more religious, that's a very um, religion-sided organization. So you can kind of get some help there. Um, affirmation is slightly less leaning towards the religion than I would say North Star is, but they have some online groups for parents as well. Um, it kind of just varies. There's some very different ones. The Hearth is a great one as well. Um, I'm on the executive committee for that. And so we have a lot of speakers that come in and it's a lot of the demographic that goes to those groups are parents and family. There are some LGBTQ individuals that come along as well, but I think the majority are, uh, you know, Mormons or people in like that faith transition from Mormonism that come to listen to the speakers. So those would be a few I can think of off the top of my head. But I love the way you've got a lot of range listed. When I stepped in the space about five years ago, it was like stepping into a completely new world that I knew nothing about, Jordan. And I mean, I don't think I, I knew anything about these different organizations. And it took me a while to figure out my best landing spot. You know, I spent time with a lot of those that you mentioned. And um, I think for, and Jordan, chime in here, if you're an LDS parent um, or connected with the LDS church with an LGBTQ child, I think it's okay to figure out where your place is going to be. I think you were accurate to portray North Star as um, the closest aligned to the church. If your child's goal 
your LGBTQ child's goal is to stay in the church and be LGBTQ, which the second they can't really choose or not, um, then that's a good spot for you. Affirmation is a little more just affirming what you feel is your best path forward as an LGBTQ person. And some parents are very comfortable saying, that's my role as a parent. I'm going to be just sort of a walk with you. I'm not going to get too prescriptive. I'm going to lay down principles for you to make your best decision. Affirmation and circle seem to be in those places. And I think the hearth is too. Are you okay with the way I frame those up, Jordan? Yeah, sounds great. And I think the intent between all of those organizations, my friends, and I get pretty tenderhearted here, is to keep people alive. There are people alive today because of Encircle, because of Affirmation, because of Mormons Building Bridges, because of the Hearth, because of North Star, because of the church's website and the things the church is communicating. And I realize that a lot of listeners can have a lot of different feelings about those different organizations, and some have been helpful and less helpful for others. But I do believe there's a common goal in all those organizations to do their very best to help people make good decisions. And I really believe that there's people alive because of some of these organizations. Any more thoughts on the organizations? Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why I wanted to build my website out the way that I did is because there is such a very large spectrum of different identities, different places where you can exist in this space. And I didn't want to be exclusionary of certain resources to say, oh, this is too much this. Like, obviously, there's if there's like health and safety concerns, um, then that might be something I would address. But I think having a diverse perspective and there, everyone is so unique. And that's why there is these unique resources. Some people are more religious. Some people are less religious. Some people don't want to meet in person. They'd rather have a book or a podcast, which I have on there as well, um, or something that's like an online forum. Some people just want social activities. I have a breakdown by category and there's social groups. So if you want to go out and just play sports, you know, you've got the Utah Gay Men's Football League, you've got Stonewall Sports. If you want to go hiking, there's a, there's a hiking group that has a Facebook group you can go and join. And I think there's just a lot of diversity in what people want in the in the space of being LGBTQ. And that was my goal is to just build one spot where you could go to figure that out and expedite the process. Like you mentioned, it took you a while to figure out where you wanted to fit in in this space. And I think if I can help people accelerate the learning of that and learning and understanding where they fit in and where they can find community, I think that will help benefit their lives um, exponentially. Because I think once you get on this track, it just it just keeps going up. You keep finding those connections. You keep getting, you know, more connected, more community, more hope, more support as you find your space. And so that was sort of the goal of my website is just let's have everything on there so people can just figure out what they want. <laughs> Why did you, and I totally love that, why did you decide, and I think this is maybe a practical reason to make this Utah-based? Utah so far has been, you know, my home. Um, so it was really easy to try, to try to make something for Utah. I think there is a heightened need for it where we have such a um, large religious community. I feel like there was just a need to have a platform like this. I would actually love to expand to other states once I get this up and running and as soon as I get more help. 
um, you know, have lgbtq.co or .ca and have other similar databases like this all across the United States for LGBTQ individuals to just find what's, what helps them. Um, but yeah, I think it was Utah-based just because of my location and I've worked a lot here in Utah. I know the people of this community and this is the people that I've listened to and heard feedback and heard their stories. And so I can connect and relate to that so much more and kind of know where they are. And, you know, it's, there really is a lot of transitioning. There's really this like transformation that occurs when you come out here in Utah. And, you know, I know that journey and I've heard of people's stories of that journey here. And so being able to help that demographic was really my, my biggest push to create one that was Utah specific. So if there's LGBTQ people listening that aren't really out yet and kind of wondering what resources might help them on your site, any general, any suggestions for them? Um, like I said, it would vary based upon your comfortability level with certain things. There are some wonderful podcasts on there. So if you're just wanting to like learn more and I don't know, kind of feel out this space, those are great to listen to. You can hear a lot of other LGBTQ individuals and they're coming out stories as well um, on those types of podcasts. Um, there's books on there as, as well. You've got... Um, some that are very, very religious, um, some that are not. Um, I would say there's a lot of online community groups as well. And in the category section, you can look at those as well. Um, there is ones for online communities that you can look at. And, you know, if you want to browse those and join those communities, it's kind of like a safer space to post in that community and say, hey, I'm feeling this. I'd like to come out. I wouldn't like to come out and get some feedback from people who are similar to you. Um, you can kind of break it down by... Um, you know, where you feel more comfortable with. There's communities for those who are asexual. There's communities for those who are transgender. There's communities for gay men, for lesbians, for Latter-day Saints. Um, and so you can really look at those. And I think that's a good way to start out if you aren't feeling comfortable with like going and meeting people right away. Um, just having those spaces in that area to listen to those stories could be helpful. I like that, Jordan. I love the way you're... Um I mean, I sense a lot of people as part of their coming out process need to connect with people that are out and hear stories. And that often gives them a, those stories help them to know how best to write their story. I Somebody earlier on the podcast talked about not taking someone's story, making your story. You still got to write your own story. But I really agree that what you're doing is giving people a framework to then write their own story and do this the way they feel is best. And I love, uh, it, it doesn't feel like your site has an agenda like to move people in one direction or another with their faith or with their sexuality. It seems like, and you need to speak up if I'm mischaracterizing, it seems like you're just trying to bring all these resources as just kind of this labor of love to the community to help them understand what's out there. And maybe this is you saying, I wish the younger Jordan and my family had this four years ago, five years ago. Talk more about that. Yeah, it really is just a spot for people to... It's funny when I, I've had these certain like taglines that I've used throughout the iteration process. So one of the taglines that I loved was um, helping you find support, community, and hope. That was one of the ones that I had on my previous ones. And that's really part of my mission as well is 
there's such diversity in being able to show what is out there for everybody because you might be in a position where you're with a more religious group, but you feel a sense of shame or doubt or something. You feel something that you don't want to feel, a negative experience. And if I could move you to another you know, resource that would be better suited for your um, current time in your life, I'd much rather do that. And on the other side, if you're in a space that's maybe not as religious and you really want that connection, um, there's, you know, LGBTQ Sunday school groups. There's, you know, scripture study groups. There's um, a lot of different things you can move yourself into. And it reminds me of something that my therapist told me when I came out because I was so disheartened and I, I just couldn't figure it out. There was so much pressure, I think, when you first come out, um, at least for my family, to just like pick a side or like pick something and decide your whole life right now, you know? <laughs> and that terrified me. And what I loved about what my therapist said is like, life's just like, we're all just on this floating rock and we're all just trying to figure it out. And there's so many different paths we can take. And it's not just like black and white. There's so much gray matter that you can just just explore, like go and find something and try something out. And if it doesn't work, no problem. Like it's not that you failed, it's not that it was wrong. Like it just didn't work for you at the time. And I think that happens to a lot of people as they go through and navigate this space is you go to something and you say, mm, that's not really, I didn't really like that, but it's some, some, something similar would be great. Or um, even if you were, you know, some people might not want to go to someplace that's like, super religious, but they end up finding out that they really like this one LGBTQ Sunday school, you know, and sometimes you can change. Like even in the space of a few years, I've changed in groups that I affiliate with, or, you know, I think we're so dynamic and we can change so frequently. And so like all of this is very fluid that having a site that just combines everything together is so needed because you do have that space to kind of move about in and explore. And I made the website try to be more intuitive so you could explore certain aspects. So it breaks it down by location, it breaks it down by like demographic, by like resource category. And I'm still building out features for it, but I'm trying to make it to where it's very intuitive to navigate and kind of steer yourself where you want to go and just try things out, you know? I like that. I, it's very thoughtful. You realize you're pretty young guys speaking with pretty thoughtful perspective at a young age. So well done. Um, if people aren't familiar with the hearth, we've never really talked about the hearth on the podcast. I'm not sure I've had any of the leaders of the hearth. I've spoken at the hearth like you have, and you're on the executive committee of the hearth. Just share with our listeners about the hearth. Yeah. Um, so the hearth actually started, it's a, it's a speaker group. So, um, about once a month, we invite a speaker to come and, and talk with us right now. It's been mostly over zoom because of the pandemic, but it actually started out in the Bay area in California. And there were some people who used to go to that, that started it here. Um, Andrea Hutchings, Andy Hutchings is kind of the head person right now. She's awesome. She's fantastic. I love Andy. <laughs> um, she's kind of the head person right now. And we have some other additional people, um, Allison Dayton, um, Michelle Fogg, myself. Um, we have some people on the executive committee that we 
get together. We Lots discuss. Lots of power team, Jordan, <laughs> the four of you. Um, yeah, we get together. We chat about different speakers. Right now, because of it, of the pandemic, we have been kind of piggybacking onto the California hearth. Um, so a lot of our events currently are Zoom meetings with the California Hearth and their speaker group, but we're looking to kind of take it back and rev it up again uh, here in Utah and have, you know, in-person meetings hopefully soon, but, you know, <laughs> never know about the global pandemic. Um, but yeah, we just invite different speakers to come and share their stories. Like I said, a lot of the demographic that's there is allies and friends, but there are LGBTQ individuals that um, come to speak. We've had you know, transgender Latter-day Saints come speak. We had um, a, a individual who was a news reporter who reported on uh, religious news here in Utah that often included LGBTQ issues. We've had you on uh, come and speak. Um, we just recently had someone who was asexual come and talk about their experiences. And so really we're just trying to create this diverse platform of people to share their stories Um and to have people connect with each other, there is a lot of like social um, discussion afterwards. Usually there's a Q&A with the speaker and then we break off and people like to chat and get to know each other. And you find a lot of interesting and diverse people in the community. And it's a really great experience. I really like the hearth and I enjoy being on the committee and looking for speakers and it, it's exciting. I love the hearth too. I I think of Jeff Wise. I don't know who really started in California, but I think of Jeff and his wife. I don't know the history there, so I hate to miscommunicate. I don't know if you know the history of California Hearth, but you just know. So I don't think either of us are qualified. We just, um, I love what you talked about, Utah Hearth, and I'm glad it's here in Utah because I just knew it in California. And um, the people in California are doing a great job. And there's something about hearing somebody's story that just, to me, it's the very best tool in our society to break the divisiveness. So if I've created this um, feeling about another group of people, black teenagers, and sort of a narrative in my head about what black teenagers represent or undocumented workers, and then I go meet with undocumented workers or meet with black teenagers or meet with transgender people or people that are out of my normal circle, and I hear their story, Jordan, you know this, my empathy, love increases. The divisiveness between that group of people and me decreases. And it's so easy to find connection just by throwing bombs at a group of people or being in a political party and just taking on another political party or being in a faith and just, and sometimes just taking on people that are different that I think does create connection, but it, I think it creates anxiety and stress and divisiveness that I think a lot of really thoughtful people and churches and society and men like you are trying to say, this isn't the best way forward. So everything you're doing, I've never felt a, an ounce of divisiveness in anything you've done or said, um, which is a credit to you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, there's a conference talk for those of you that are LDS, Elder Cook gave, he talked about unity and diversity. And there's a great bit of diversity um, in the world you're talking about, the world that I'm trying to be an ally to. But I think the goal is not to create unity to that. It's to create unity within that group and us that are allies to that group. So we just see each other as the same human family and want to support each other versus find ways to divide us. So I love the work you're doing. Um, 
And I love the hearth. I felt a wonderful spirit at the hearth and the people you mentioned are doing great work. Keep sharing things that are important on to you. And I'm, I want you to, you know, we're kind of, this may be a shorter podcast listeners because you just want to focus on this part of what Jordan's doing. Can you donate or is this just all a labor of love or is it a little bit of both? Uh, Mostly it's been a labor of love. There is a spot you can donate um, on the app. If you go to like the info section, there's a donate button. Um, But other than that, yeah, it's just been a a labor of love. I am hoping to build more out um, in the application here soon. I've been working on sort of beta testing on the back end, a, I call it shop queer feature. Um, And that's something I'm actually really excited for. I've had a lot of people sort of request it. I don't actually get a whole lot of feedback, which is interesting. Um, I had a friend of mine reach out to me and they were like, hey, I'd like to assist with this website. How can I help? And I was like, I don't know if you want to just like ask around and like figure out what people might be interested in. Um, And so they, you know, asked a couple of friends and this was kind of what I got back. But um a place where people can find LGBTQ friendly or queer owned um, businesses. And so I'm building that out right now and trying to like see what that would look like. Um, Basically it'd just be a map where you could just go to and you could find your location and see different places around you. It would have like food and beverage, personal services, like salons or barbershops, um, just really any business that's out there that's LGBTQ owned or LGBTQ friendly. I'd love to have a map where people could just shop, shop queer is what I call it. So um, and that's something being built out. Another thing I would love is just more feedback. <laughs> On my own, I've probably gotten about, it, it's been out since February and I've probably only gotten about three people reached out to give feedback about it. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing that it's easy to like navigate and there's not a lot of questions or... <laughs> Um, what's going on there. But uh, if you go to the info tab, there's a little button that pops up. It's like a floating button that just has a little like chat icon on there. And it'll just links to a Google form where you can submit feedback. So if you have feedback, questions, concerns, if you want like a feature built out, um, another thing that would be more difficult to build out that I've heard people may be interested in is like um, transgender uh, or like uh family community, like bathroom locations. Um, so that might be something that I need like crowdsource. Cause I don't think I'd be able to like really locate that or find that out on my own, but that's something that I have on the back burner to like look at that. I've known that might be something that people might be interested in, but, um, yeah, I really want to just make it the spot to go to if you're an LGBTQ person and you're looking to find ways to integrate and support the community. And so that's kind of what that's the, that's the goal. That's the mission. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. I just, you know, I love what you're doing. And my role, listeners, as an ally, this is kind of speaking to allies, is I want to do use my platform to magnify what Jordan's doing. So, yeah, I have a platform and a website, but I hope someday that goes away, to be honest. <laughs> I don't, and allies aren't needed to amplify your work and your voices. But until... Um, we come to that time. That's what I, I think us allies are trying to do. We're not trying to be in the front drawing attention to ourselves. We're trying to use the privilege we have. Um, and I have a fair amount just to my station in life um, to be able to amplify what you're doing because that's how my heart changed was meeting people like you and listening to your stories and seeing your good work and 
And so I, I'm really excited for what you're doing and it's brave. I mean, there's probably days, I don't know what the back of your head, I've got voices in my head, Jordan, that sometimes say I can't do this or I shouldn't do this, but you're a pretty dedicated man to do this. And, um, out of small things proceed of that, which is great. So I really encourage listeners to go check out lgbtqut.com. And um, that'll take you to a website and you can use a, a app version if you're looking at your phone, a mobile version, or a, I pulled it up on my desktop during the podcast and saw a desktop version. But it has a lot of great resources. So if you're <clears throat> an ally, a parent with an LGBTQ child, or LGBTQ, Jordan's put together wonderful resources. Anything in closing you'd like to share with our listeners? I would say it is okay to be in the unknown. Um, I have, it's taken me quite a bit of time to realize that. Um, And I think really what, like, got me to that level was I, I took a, a life coach training program course um, back at the, begin- at the beginning of this year. And that was one something that one of my my trainer told us was like, the unknown is okay. Like you will live in the unknown in this job. And I think a lot of times we do feel that pressure to like either figure out our labels or figure out where we fit in the church or where... Um, what part of the community we're going to, you know, be with, or even if we want to be part of the, like the greater LGBTQ community, there's a lot of just unknown in life, especially regarding our identities and, you know, our gender, sexual orientation, et cetera. And it's okay to not know. It's okay to just be figuring it out, you know? Um, And some people like labels, some people don't, some people, um, you know, are super religious. Some people aren't, you know, there's just so much diversity. And I think we put so much in trying to like build out our identities and say, oh, this is me and have these labels and these ideas attached to ourselves. But I think life kind of is fun in the unknown. It's very freeing to just say, I, I don't know. And I'm still figuring out and I'm still exploring. And I would say, explore, like go look at, you know, websites like mine or other places and just figure out where you want to be. And you don't have to put yourself in one spot and say, yep, that's me. And I'm, I can't change. Um, I think a lot of people do that when they, you know, I think society does that to us a lot. They say, oh, well, you're this, uh, label. And so this is what you have to like, this is what you have to do. This is a stereotype of you. So you must fit that. And if you don't fit that mold, then even in some of the, you know, even in sexual orientation or like gender identity, like, oh, you're non-binary. So you need to dress or look this certain way, or you're a man or you're, you know, uh, a female. And this is, you know, like this is how you should dress or look. And there's just so much that society puts on us and it's okay to live in the unknown, to not know, to not be attached to any of the labels, but if you find labels helpful, attach to them and make it yours. But like you are your own person, you have your own space and you have your own life and you get to live it and go explore 
go find yourself. And it's a fun ride. <laughs> it's great. You got a great heart, a great mind, a love of all people, and a real bridge builder. So, Jordan Jackson, thanks for being on the podcast. Please check out his website, lgbtqutah.com. You can hear his full story, at least on this podcast platform and maybe others on this podcast platform. It's episode 246. And this is Richard Osler signing off on another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love.